You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I think we played at the end of the game because... We wanted to throw the ball into the post and score. So, I mean, obviously there were other guys in the game that hadn't played up to that point, but he had played three stints. That was his third stint. So, um, you know, time will tell how it all works itself out with minutes, but um, I thought he did a lot of good things tonight. And, you know, we're still, as the season goes on, we're always going to factor in good play. Um, So that's a good thing. Welcome to the Garden Report. I'm Jared Weiss. That's Jimmy Toscano. That's Sam Packard. We're not even going to give you the score. We're going to get right into it here on the Garden Report. Welcome to the show. I was just kidding. The score was 99-85. to It technically was a basketball game. We don't really care about preseason scores too much around here. Let's just get right to talking the about... The Knicks do. Oh, the Knicks certainly Playing do. Playing their apparently. starters late in the fourth. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony <laughs> went four for 18 from the field tonight, but we're not doing Saturday night anymore. So let's what? talk about... Uh, screw that. We got, we, like let's a- not waste our time here. Let's talk about <laughs> okay. the thing that everybody is concerned about in Boston. That's Jared Solinger. Jared Solinger is supposed to be one of the franchise cornerstones here. And he, is? he was supposed to be a little while ago. Now, not so much. But tonight, put up some good stats. Still doesn't look like the guy that everybody was hoping for. What did you see tonight, Jimmy? It's one thing to put up stats, but when you look around at the guys you're playing with and it's like three rookies and a guy who's probably not going to be in the team in a couple of days, that's, like the, that's actually the story. It was good to see him out there actually playing well. I thought he had some nice moves, but he had some of those nice moves on Chris Porzingis, who's, you know, he's put three games into his NBA career here. So I think you're going to take every, every move against him with a grain of salt because he's very inexperienced. Going to be a great player, but he's not there yet. Um, I think Selly is going to start the year either out of the rotation completely or at the very end of it. I don't think that's breaking news. But I think he's one of those guys who has the capabilities to playing his way into a more, you know, into a bigger role with his team. I mean, we've seen him have bigger roles with his team in his first couple seasons. And I think he had some great games. I think there's one nights where he was the best player on the court, and he had some games where maybe it was the fact that he was a little overweight and he, and he couldn't play long enough and he couldn't stay healthy enough, but he kind of disappeared in some of those games. So we'll see how it goes. I don't think he's going to have a big role to start the year, but he can work his way into it. I think the important thing about Sollinger, if he's going to work his way back into the rotation, is not his scoring, but his defensive rebounding. That's a place where I foresee the Celtics struggling this year, and he had eight rebounds today. I think if he can actually work on the boards and be consistent on the defensive and offensive glass, that's where he got a lot of uh, got a couple putbacks today. That's the way he plays his way back in the rotation. But does he look like himself to either of you? I just I'm not seeing. Well, who it right is now. he? 
Well, I'm saying compared to the guy that was healthy before his injury last season, who, while a little inconsistent, was a solid power forward, he just doesn't he doesn't look like he's playing within himself within the offense. He looks out of sync with the rest of the team. He looks like he's, t- he's rushing shots and taking shots that he really shouldn't even be taking. He doesn't look like a guy that's a comfortable post score that can also stretch out to the three-point well, line. I think we kind of saw this last season. It was kind of like, or even before that with Evans, when Evans was on the show, it was like, who is he trying to be? Is he, is he trying to change his game from what what it used to be back in college, where he was that guy down low and he was just bigger than everybody? He just he can't, he's not bigger than everybody anymore. He's got a bigger butt than everybody, but he's not bigger than everybody. He can't he can't just push his weight around anymore like he used to. So now I think he's trying to you know stretch that game out to the outside. As we saw him taking a lot of three pointers last year, a lot of those didn't go the way that we all wanted them to go. But he was incorporating that into his game. And now I think he's kind of at that in-between stage where we're seeing a lot of like turnaround jumpers and some finesse shots. I'm not sure that's his game either. I think, like you said, he's more of a defensive a guy. He's more of a guy that needs to just get dirty on the, on the defensive glass and even on the offensive glass. But is that what he wants to be? It's up to Jared what he wants to do because right now the, I would argue there's 11 to 12 guys who deserve minutes more than him going into the season. So it's really up to him whether or not he's going to make an impact on this team this year. He has to find his role. I mean, like like you just said, there's plenty of guys ahead of him. There's plenty of bigs ahead of him. He's like the sixth best big on the team right now. I mean, when you bring in guys like Amir Johnson and and David Lee, I mean, immediately those guys rise to the top. I mean, Jared Selinger, I don't see that. I don't see him surpassing those two guys at any point this year. So he's just got to find out what his role is. All right, so I want to move on to a, a part of the show that I'm so excited about. We are, for, we are forming a new partnership with the Grandstand app. And you're probably asking yourself, what is Grandstand? Sports highlights from fans in the stands. On the new app, Grandstand, you can share your own Celtics highlights. Watch other fans' videos straight from the crowd. Download Grandstand on the App Store or at grandstand.me. Get it right now. We're going to do the segment while you download this app. So, Grandstand, best way to compare it, it's almost like Vine for sports. This is an amazing app where they organize by sports team, by topic, by league, and you can get pretty much any highlight you want. So, we are going to do every game now our Grandstand play of the game. So, let's put it up there right now. This beautiful reverse and one off the top of the glass by Marcus Smart going over seven foot three, allegedly, Chris Pops Porzingis. That's a pretty amazing play uh, in tonight's game. Probably it was the best play of the game and it yeah. was our grandstand play of the game. So let's talk about Marcus Smart, the way that he has dribble penetrating. We're, start, we're starting to see that kind of bulldozing attack guy that we saw at Oklahoma State. But also tonight, he had nine assists, way more than anyone else on the court. Uh, Solinger at six, the only guy even close to that. Marcus Smart is starting to look like a complete point guard. He's still a ways away from being that guy, but we're seeing the shades of it. Sam, I mean, the, the way he's getting to the rim is looking great, but the fact that he can sit back and actually make good passes, that's really exciting. That's what I was most impressed with, with his, uh, his performance in the pick and roll, especially early playing with Zeller. He had the right kind of pace and speed, and he was able to find Zeller uh, a number of times. And I think his ankle was really hurt last year, and it ruined his explosiveness. And I think when we saw the highlight of the day, um, he's really attacking the rim and is that player that we all thought he was going to come in and be from Oklahoma State. Yeah, the rookie jitters are, you know, they're gone. You know, he's not a rookie anymore. He's been playing this game for a full season. He's healthy, like you just alluded, like you just said. And he's just he's just going for it. He's going for the rim. I mean, that play that we just showed, that was like, that's a great play. I mean, that, that, that to finish that play, that's not easy to do, especially when you're getting hacked on your way there. Just And I, I'm impressed by what I've seen so far. I, mean, I think he had eight assists in the first half, only two turnovers tonight. So he's playing smart basketball, 
That was no pun intended <laughs> at all, actually. To be completely honest, he is just playing. You know, he's, his basketball IQ is, is you know getting higher and higher every day. He was making his Marcus on the game tonight. You could oh, say. Oh, that's okay, terrible. Let's end it on that one. We'll be back for part two. It's all Amir Johnson. We're going to talk about Amir, and then we're going to go one on one with Amir in the locker room, talking about a fun subject other than basketball. This is the Garden Report, brought to you by Grandstand on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. Just trying to keep the defender on my back, you know, I'm too strong to, to not be able to get into the paint uh, when I want to. So, you know, I'm just trying to focus on getting in the lane and uh, making plays for others. What went into developing that change and becoming more comfortable with that? Uh, I, was, I was able to explode off my ankle, you know, I had dealt with my ankle injury. Um, I was able to, to, to maneuver laterally, so uh, that helped a lot. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm too strong enough not to not to be able to get in the paint and keep keep guys on my uh, on my hip. We're here for part two, the Amir part of the show. We're talking about Amir Johnson here. He didn't do a ton tonight. He had one great stuff on Carmelo Anthony uh, that even NBA.com tweeted. So I guess somebody's watching Celtics uh, right. preseason games. Uh, I guess I should say someone's watching Knicks preseason games, apparently. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Sam and then Jimmy. Amir Johnson is just like the ultimate all-around role player. That twelve million dollars is looking pretty good for him right now, based on the way he's been performing. He's been—he's done pretty much everything you could ask for for a low, from a low-post player on this team. Absolutely, and I think his intensity on the defensive end is going to combine greatly with guys like Crowder, guys like Smart. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he's used because I think he's a great pick-and-roll big for Isaiah Thomas. And I don't know how he's going to fit in with the rotation, but I think there's a lot of different players you can play with him with, and he's going to give you the hustle, he's going to give you the defense, and he's shown his uh, adeptness around the rim, so he can score the basketball too. He's kind of the perfect player, and he's definitely an upgrade on whatever the Celtics had last season. Yeah, I mean, he's like a perfect bench guy, right? I mean, he could be a starter on, on a team like this, but I think he's the perfect bench guy for these guys, especially when you bring in an offensive-minded guy like Isaiah Thomas, and you bring in a defensive-minded guy like Amir Johnson. You've got, like, the best of both worlds coming off your bench there. That's what makes this team so deep, and that's why I think that they're going to be one of those teams that really comes on strong at, like, end of first quarters, beginning of second quarters, because they've got those fresh legs with guys that really are just energetic. I mean, Amir Johnson, I mean, he comes out of nowhere with that, blo- you know, that block on Melo. He's been doing it all preseason. I mean, he's really... He's really impressed me this preseason, and when you all, it, it, like all you have to do is just look at like one Raptors blog site, and everybody is just so like kind of sad that he's, gone. Like, that he's gone. They're devastated. He's gone. He was kind of like the heart and soul, I think, of their team, and there's a lot of Raptors fans who I think are a little bit nervous as to how the you know that the, you know the current Raptors team is going to kind of what their identity is now without Amir Johnson, and even when you when Amir Johnson posts like an Instagram picture or whatever, it's just nothing but love from former Raptors fans. I mean, like. We wish you were still here, all this stuff. I mean, they still love the guy. They're, not, they're upset that he left, but they still love him. It's pretty apparent he's going to have that kind of relationship with Boston fans. So let's go to our interview with Amir, where we're going to hear more about the new deadly relationship he's going to have with Boston fans. Ooh, scary. So we're here with Amir Johnson, who's wearing all black tonight. Yes. Now, you are probably the most famous zombie walker that I've ever met, at least. Now, you made a killing in Toronto as a zombie walker. The Boston zombie walk is a Saturday. Are you planning on taking part? I think I might check it out uh, before participating, you know, uh, just to get familiar with it. Uh, I knew the routes of uh, the one in Toronto, you know, it was just like a clean walk around, you know, downtown square. So I'm, I'm going to probably check it out in, uh, in the next time I'm participating. How'd you end up starting this? Uh, I don't know, just to trying to get a feel for the city, man. I, I was driving down and I seen all these people just dressed in zombie and I asked, what is this? And a friend of mine told me what it is and uh, the next time I actually joined it, so it's pretty cool. So do you prefer playing the zombie or you prefer playing a victim? Uh, the zombie, man. Um, 
one of my my favorite shows to watch is The Walking Dead, man. And uh, you know, I, I tuned in to all seven or I don't know how many episodes, uh, seasons, and uh, it's like one of my favorite episodes. So I was definitely wanted to be the zombie. I feel like I'll be a quicker zombie, you know, instead of the slow one. You know, I'll be the one that probably dodge everybody. So then, what's your favorite zombie movie? Like Dawn of the Dead or Twenty Eight Days Later? One of the fast ones. You know what I like? I like the one with um, what was it called? Uh, I just recently watched it on TV. I can't even think of the name. Give me a hint. Brad, with, with Brad Pitt in there. Uh, World War Z, right? Yes, that was really. Dope. I haven't seen that one yet. That, you got to check that out. That was pretty dope. And the zombies were just actually quick. You know what I mean? And that'd probably be zombie. So you like like athletic zombies? So like former NBA players zombies? <laughs> if you put it that way, I, I guess you could say that that'll be a zombie. So if we all get infected, what would your role in the zombie apocalypse be? Of, of just me being not the zombie or being the the one well, that's I mean, whichever one you want to be. Um, I don't know. Well, the the movie World War Z, they just created like a vaccine, which, you know, what I mean, they were infected, but you know, the zombies kind of didn't attack them, and it was kind of like, it was weird. The zombies they really had nobody attacking; they were just kind of walking along with the zombies. So I'll probably be a part of that. All right, so lastly, you spent a lot of time in Canada. Who's the best musical artist from Canada? Is it Drake or Justin Bieber? The best music artist? Yeah. Um, or Celine Dion, technically. I think Drake is just, right now is on a wave. You know, he's, uh, he's, done, he's, he's doing his thing right now. I'll say Drake. All right, I want you to take a look at this phone here. I want you to know, what about Walter McCarty, R&B legend Walter no, McCarty? No, actually, he gave me three of his albums. Really? Yeah. And uh, he, he already discussed, you know, he used to sing because I'm always seeing him around the locker room singing. And I'm like, you sound kind of like Brian McKnight. And he was like, he has three albums, and we discussed that. And I actually have three of his albums in my car. You see right now. Really? So there you go. Yeah. Walter McCarty, the Brian McKnight of Boston. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you. All right, that was a fun conversation with Amir. Oh, my oh. God. I am so <laughs> scared. Jimmy. Because the Guard Report's not going to be back until next Wednesday oh. in the season opener against Philadelphia. I hope everyone enjoys their... Uh, you, you should see if you f- run into Amir at the uh, Saturday yeah, uh, zombie out. walk. That'll be pretty fun. Dress as a zombie, a protester of zombies. If you see a seven-foot zombie yeah. or whatever, it's, it's, it's probably It's probably Amir. So that's <laughs> yeah. going to do it for us. I'll be in Manchester tomorrow night to listen to the CLNS Radio post-game show. We'll be calling into that play the interview again i want to thank our new partners grandstand go to grandstand.me or download the grandstand app in the app store we bring you those play of the games from grandstand every single garden report so we'll see you for the season opener for sam for jimmy i'm jared peace out we're pretty much the same height, so it should be easy. No, it's right. all you, man. You gotta get the good angle with this nice. Oh, uh, yeah. Everyone's calling me on the jacket today. No, I don't sharp, know what it is. Sharp, man. Yeah. Hickey Freeman, you man. Coordinate with it. You know, when right. you got the, the blue with the blue pants. Yeah. You know you're killing it. The pants are a little light, though. You don't think it's too but it's light? Still, it's still yeah. blue. I just got them today, so I had to wear them. No, it's just still, it's, it's actually perfect. There you go. Your black matches the black pretty well. Yeah, all there black. So we're here with Amir Johnson, who's wearing all black tonight. Yes. Now, you are probably the most famous zombie walker that I've ever met, at least. Now, you made a killing in Toronto as a zombie walker. The Boston Zombie Walk is a Saturday. Are you planning on taking part? I think I might check it out uh, before participating, you know, uh, just to get familiar with it. Uh, I knew the routes of of the one in Toronto, you know, it was just like a clean walk around, you know, downtown square. So I'm going to probably check it out uh, next time I'm participating. How did you end up starting this? Uh, I don't know. Just to trying to get a feel for the city, man. I, I was driving down and I seen all these people just dressed in zombie, and I asked, "What is this?" 
And a friend of mine told me what it is, and uh, that next time I actually joined it, so it's pretty cool. So do you prefer playing the zombie, or you prefer playing a victim? Uh, the zombie, man. Um, one of my, my favorite shows to watch is The Walking Dead, man. And uh, you know, I, I tuned in to all seven or I don't know how many episodes, uh, seasons, and uh, it's like one of my favorite episodes. So I was definitely wanted to be the zombie. I feel like I'll be a quicker zombie, you know, instead of the slow one. You know, I'll be the one that probably dies everybody. So then what's your favorite zombie movie, like Dawn of the Dead or 28 Days Later, one of the fast ones? You know what I like? I like the one with, um, what was it called? Uh... I just recently watched it on TV. I can't even think of the name. Give me a hint. Brad, with, with Brad Pitt in there. Uh, World War Z, right? Yes, that was really dope. I haven't seen that one yet. That, you got to check that out. That was pretty dope. And the zombies were just actually quick, you know what I mean? And that would probably be zombie. So you like like athletic zombies, so like former NBA player zombies. <laughs> if you put it that way, I, I guess you could say that. That will be a athletic zombie. So if we all get infected, what would your role in the zombie apocalypse be? Of, of just me being not the zombie or being the the one well, that's I mean, whichever one you want to be. Um, I don't know. Well, the the movie World War Z, they just created like a vaccine, which you know, I mean, they were infected, but you know, the zombies kind of didn't attack them, and it was kind of like it was weird. The zombies didn't really had nobody attacking; they were just kind of walking along with the zombies. So I'll probably be a part of that. Apocalypse. All right, so lastly, you spent a lot of time in Canada. Who's the best musical artist from Canada? Is it Drake or Justin Bieber? The best music artist? Yeah. Um, or Celine Dion, technically. I, I think Drake is, is right now is on a wave. You know, he's, uh, he's, done, he's, he's doing his thing right now. I'll say Drake. All right, I want you to take a look at this phone here. I want you to know, what about Walter McCarty, R&B legend Walter no, McCarty? No, actually, he gave me three of his albums. Really? Yeah. And uh, he already discussed, you know, he used to sing because I'm always seeing him around the locker room singing. And I'm like, you sound kind of like Brian McKnight. And he was like, he has three albums, and we discussed that. And I actually have three of his albums in my car. You see right now. Really? So there you go. Walter McCarty, the Brian McKnight of Boston. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're pretty much the same height, so it should be easy. No, it's all, right. all you, man. You gotta get a good angle with this nice. Uh, yeah, everyone's calling me on the jacket today. No, I don't sharp, know what it is. Sharp, man. Yeah, Hickey you Freeman, you man. Coordinate with it. You know, when you got the, the blue with the blue pants. Yeah. You know you're killing it. The pants are a little light, though. You don't think it's too but light? It's still, it's still yeah. blue. You know? I just got them today, so I had to wear them. No, it's, it's still, it's, it's actually perfect. There you go. Your black matches the black pretty well. Yeah, all there black. So we're here with Amir Johnson, who's wearing all black tonight. Yes. Now, you are probably the most famous zombie walker that I've ever met, at least. Now, you made a killing in Toronto as a zombie walker. The Boston Zombie Walk is a Saturday. Are you planning on taking part? I think I might check it out uh, before participating, you know, uh, just to get familiar with it. Uh, I knew the routes of uh, the one in Toronto, you know, it was just like a clean walk around, you know, downtown square. So I'm, I'm going to probably check it out and, uh, you know, next time I'm participating. How did you end up starting this? Uh, I don't know. Just to trying to get a feel for the city, man. I, I was driving down and I seen all these people just dressed in zombie, and I asked, "What is this?" And a friend of mine told me what it is. And uh, that next time I actually joined it, so it's pretty cool. So, do you prefer playing the zombie, or you prefer playing a victim? Uh, the zombie, man. Um, one of my my favorite shows to watch is The Walking Dead, man. And uh, you know, I, I tuned in to. All seven, or I don't know how many episodes, uh, seasons, and uh, it's like one of my favorite episodes, so I was definitely wanted to be the zombie. I feel like I'll be a quicker zombie, you know, instead of the slow one, you know, I'll be the one that probably dies everybody. So then what's your favorite zombie movie, like Dawn of the Dead or 28 Days Later, one of the fast ones? You know what I like? I like the one with, um, 
what was it called? Uh, I just recently watched it on TV. I can't even think of the name. Give me a hint. Brad, with, with Brad Pitt in there. Uh, World War Z, right? Yes, that was really dope. I haven't seen that one yet. That, you got to check that out. That was okay. pretty dope. And the zombies were just actually quick, you know what I mean? And that would probably be zombie. So you like like athletic zombies, so like former NBA player zombies. <laughs> if you put it that way, I, I guess you could say that. That will be athletic zombie. So if we all get infected, what would your role in the zombie apocalypse be? Of, of just me being not the zombie or being the, the one well, that's I mean, Whichever one you want to be. Um... I don't know. Well, the the movie World War Z, they just created like a vaccine, which, you know, what I mean, they were infected, but you know, the zombies kind of didn't attack them, and it was kind of like, it was weird. The zombies didn't really had nobody attacking; they were just kind of walking along with the zombies. So I'll probably be a part of that apocalypse. All right. So lastly, you spent a lot of time in Canada. Who's the best musical artist from Canada? Is it Drake or Justin Bieber? The best music artist. Yeah. Um, or Celine Dion, technically. I think Drake is, is right now is on a wave. You know, he's uh, he's done. He's he's doing his thing right now. I'll say Drake. All right, I want you to take a look at this phone here. I want you to know what about Walter McCarty, R&B legend Walter. No, McCarty? actually, he gave me three of his albums. Really? Yeah. And uh, he already discussed. You know, he used to sing because I'm always seeing him around the locker room singing. And I'm like, you sound kind of like Brian McKnight. And he was like, he has three albums. And we discussed that. And I actually have three of his albums in my car. See you right now. Really? So there you go. Walter McCarty, the Brian McKnight of Boston. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're pretty much the same height, so it should be easy. No, it's all, right. all you, man. You gotta get a good angle with this nice. Uh, yeah, everyone's calling me on the jacket today. No, I don't sharp, know what it is. Sharp, man. Yeah, Hickey yeah, Freeman, you man. Coordinate with it. You know, when right. you got the, the blue with the blue pants. Yeah. You know you're killing it. The pants are a little light, though. You don't think it's too but light? It's still, it's still yeah. blue. You know? I just got them today, so I had to wear them. No, it's, it's still, it's, it's actually perfect. There you go. Your black matches the black pretty well. Yeah, all black. Can you just talk about how? much that helped Golden State last year having all those three-point shots. Well, more than anything, it just it just changes the spacing um, and, and keeps the floor spread with the amount of passing and cutting we like to do. If you know if they can pack it in the paint and not have to respect our, our perimeter players, then it changes up everything. So, uh, you know, we definitely have you know, shooters that, that you have to get out and get a hand up, and, and that's that's very important. How do things change when the team has really more expectations on it coming into the season? It shouldn't change anything in theory, um, you know, because you know, I've been on teams where there's a lot of expected teams that don't expect anything. I mean, nobody expected us to, to win a title last year. I mean, two years previous, they gave us a 0% chance of making the playoffs. We made the second round. So uh, none of it matters. It's about going out and, and you know, there's going to be teams that overachieve and underachieve every year. And the goal is to be one of those teams that overachieves and gets the most out of what they're capable of. And, and let's hope through hard work this year we can be one of those teams. Is this as good a camp as you've been in in terms of consistency and rhythm? And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. And like I said, we have a young team. So you'd expect, you know, to have some practices where coach comes in at the end and says, you know, we just didn't have a good day today, but let's be better tomorrow. We haven't had that at all. I think part of it has just been the competition of uh, and the depth and the guys, you know, fighting for positions. And you know, guys know that, you know, that they can't have an off day. And so that's that's challenged everybody to really uh, be their best each and every day and, and to challenge the guy next to them. David, how familiarity other systems you've been in? How similar are they to this one? How has that helped you kind of adapt? Offensively, this is a lot, uh, a lot like what we ran in New York my final year with Dan Tony. Uh, a lot of the same principles about the, the four man and a lot of pick and rolls and drags and things like that. Um, also, a lot of the things we ran open motion wise in Golden State last year. And defensively, uh, 
know, we've had a lot of the same Ron Adams and uh, Tom Thibodeau-based uh, defense, so we do a lot of the same things that we did in, in Golden State, so it's been a pretty easy transition uh, defensively. How are you doing physically? Are you feeling pretty strong? Yeah, it was a little bit winded yesterday. Um, lungs were still a little bit uh, after the strep throat, but uh, other than that, body, uh, physically, I feel great. Um, it's the best I've felt going into any season in the last few years, so... Um, you know, looking forward to continuing that and, and getting treatment and staying on top of, of being healthy. Coach Stevens, going back to the starting five you guys had in Europe, why does that group work so well as far as scoring? Well, let's hope that it does. Uh, you know, I think that, that we have a group that plays well together, um, complements each other well. Um, we got up to two good starts in Europe, and, and let's, uh, let's hope as we, as we use that group again tonight that we can have the same result. Did you learn anything about Marcus Smart playing with him this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get to see a whole lot of him, him being on the East Coast last year. And, and uh, he's, you know, one intense guy. Uh, defensively takes on a challenge and, and uh, offensively is, um, shoots the ball better than I thought he did and, and can really get into the paint and, and make plays. He's a better passer than I thought he was, too. I, I kind of almost saw him in college. I saw him play more and, and I saw him as, as more of an off-guard type of guy. But as a point, he's, he's proven a lot to me. So we've got a lot of guys that are very steady offensively, and he's one of them. Sounds like in, in, in Golden State, as much as they could, they wanted to kind of work with you to try to find a good situation where you were going to. What about what kind of conversations did you have with Danny that kind of reassured that this was going to be a good spot for you and how did he facilitate that trade to what you were happy with? Well, I just thought it was a good fit. I mean, it's a, a young team looking for leadership and looking for veterans been through a lot of battles, and I fit that mold as, as well as. Um, I want to be with a good group of guys. Uh, good chemistry. I, I don't want to play with with guys that don't want to be here, that or that you know don't respect the game. And we have one of the best locker rooms in the league, so that was a perfect fit there. And of course, with the tradition and, and playing in a city like this, that goes without saying. So um, I thought it was a perfect fit, and, and luckily, uh, you know, they they really wanted me here just like I wanted to be here. So while I I make no mistake about it, I love Golden State and and would have preferred to stay there, you know, forever. Um, this is this is one heck of an opportunity. I'm really really excited to be here. Was that something Danny sold you on almost like a free agent when you tried to talk, talk up the Celtics? Were you already or was he like kind of? No, I mean it's not a whole lot of talking up you have to do about the tradition <laughs> and, and about this this team and, and watching them play in the second half of the year last year. Um, this is an exciting time to be a Celtic. Um, uh -huh. and, and so no, there was no talking up. They just said that they had interest and. And uh, we were able to work it out. Um, I don't necessarily know how all that stuff works, but <laughs> they were able to work it out, and, uh, and it was beneficial for both teams. So I'm, I'm just, like what? I said, excited to get all that stuff out of the way, and, and, and I think that I've landed in a great in a great situation with a great opportunity, and now it's you know, it's about going out and having fun and playing and making the most of it. Folks, one final question for David, please. Make it a good one. Would your thinking it may have changed if you hadn't won a championship in terms of going oh to the Oh, my gosh, team? absolutely. Well, I mean, for me, you know, I, my friends and my family are constantly asking me, you know, what is it? And you must be, you know, watching your Golden State play in a preseason game. That must be just awful to watch and, <laughs> and to not be out there. And I, and really, you know, it's, it's something about leaving when there's no unfinished business, you know. And, and, and if I would have left, we would have lost the finals last year. And I would have gone like, man, they just really want to be back when they have a chance to win it again. You know, this was a strictly a move of, of – you know, bad numbers in basketball, you know, with them having the salary cap and the, the salary that I make this year and things like that. It was strictly a move like that. It's not that they didn't want me, I didn't want to be there. So um, leaving on the note that I did, though, uh, being able to contribute in the playoffs the way I did and, and us winning the championship, I have no regrets out there. 
and still keep in touch with the guys. And, and so, no, I'm while I while I love it out there and I have great memories. Uh, I'm a guy who tries to live on the present. I'm just really excited about being here right now and, and taking care of business. David, ladies and gentlemen, that was a good last Thank question. <laughs> Marcus, your jumper seems much improved this preseason. How much more confident are you than you know this point last year and pulling up with those? I'm real confident. You know, I've been working on it. Uh, my threes haven't been falling, but you know, I'm not really focused on that right now. No, those are going to fall. You know, uh, but been working on it all season, and my team gives me confidence, gave me the green light to shoot it, so it helps a lot. Do you have a different mindset now, probing on the pick and roll? Ah, uh, definitely. You know. Just trying to keep the defender on my back, you know. I'm too strong to, to not be able to get into the paint uh, when I want to. So, you know, I'm uh, just trying to focus on getting in the lane and uh, making plays for others. What went into developing that change and becoming more comfortable with that? Uh, I, was, I was able to explode off my ankle. You know, I dealt with my ankle injury. Um, I was able to, to, to maneuver laterally. So uh, that helped a lot. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm too strong enough not to not to be able to get in the paint and keep, keep guys on my uh, how much easier is the game for you now? You've got Sullinger playing the way he did as far as scoring, rebounding, finding teammates. Uh, it makes it makes my job a lot easier. You know, that's another playmaker. And, uh, you know, somebody like Sullinger is a unique, a unique player. You know, he's going against another big, and, uh, you know, he can score the ball, and he can do a, a multiple uh, uh, amount of things that most bigs can't do. And uh, he can stretch the floor, so that helps us a lot. It makes my job a lot easier. How much confidence can the young, the younger players, the rookies, take from that, that stretch in the fourth where they brought Melo, a couple other starters back, and those rookies were able to not only keep the lead, but actually extend it? That's good for them. You know, you know, throw them in a the fire. You know, somebody like Melo comes back, you gotta hold your ground. And uh, they gotta be on your toes. It's real good for those guys to be out there at that time and, and to, to do what they did. So, you know, um, but, and it also helps when you're going against, you know, guys like David Lee, Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, Isaiah Thomas, Evan Turner, and guys like that on this team every day in practice. You know, it kind of gives you that confidence to go out there and play with anybody. When you have so many combinations, Marcus, how important is this preseason time to kind of find out who mixes well with players? It's really important just because, you know, you don't really, at this time, we don't really know what the rotations are. You know, we're still trying to find out who does what and who likes to do what. And, uh, and then kind of see where they places on this team, and that's big. Having uh, the preseason will do that. Marcus, I'm sorry if you've already been asked this, but how you felt out there tonight with your ability to kind of orchestrate the offense? I felt good. You know, <laughs> I felt good. You know, my teammates were making shots for me, and it's a point where they're switching, switching on, they're switching on. What do you think makes that starting group effective? Makes guys work well together. Um, it's, it's our unique ability to get out and run. You know? Um, Dave Lee can get the ball and you know, push the ball. It, it puts pressure on the defense because now you have a little forward to the ball and, and uh, making plays. And uh, it gives us guards, you know, momentum to just run off the screens and run off the handoffs and, and play with it a little bit there. It puts pressure on the defense. David's out there. Does it almost give you more uh, momentum to make cuts and oh, yeah, yeah, knowing yeah, yeah, he's yeah. going to find you? Oh, definitely. You know, uh, veteran like David Lee, you know, who knows the game has been playing. Uh, <coughs> You go out there and you just kind of go out there and play, you know, without thinking. You know he's going to have your back, so um, it's good to have him out there on the court.
Mel was, was 4 for 18 today. What did you guys do to have success in the guard camera? Got to tip my hat off to Jay. You know, Jay came off and kind of set the tempo right there uh, with him, you know, pressuring him, and making every shot that he took and every shot that he made on you know, this was, uh, was difficult. And, uh, and you're going against somebody like that, every, uh, every possession where you got to fight for yours and you finally do get an open shot, it's, it's not as comfortable as it would be. You know, just, uh, you know, come down and everything was easy for you. Thank you, Marcus. And as we head into the regular season, where are you with deciding on what you want to do with the rest of your rotation? Do you want that consistency there? Or are you going to base it on matchups? Have you thought, how are you thinking about how you want that? Yeah, I mean, I, I would like some consistency, but I, you know, if you watch last year's playoffs and you watch the way the game is being played, I think you have to be available to whatever's needed to win that game that night. You'd like to play, you know, 9, 10, 11 guys on a consistent basis, but there are nights where because of lineups and matchups, you just have to go a different direction, and it's whatever's best for the team. That's what you have to do. Langston, have you paid attention to his uh, assist-to-turnover ratio? It's been pretty good. 20 to 1? Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, what would you attribute that to? Um, working hard in the summer and uh, understanding, you know, what it takes to get better. He obviously had a really good rookie season and very confident in who he is and the fact that he belongs at this level. And now he's just starting to isolate certain parts of his game that he can improve on. And that was one of them in terms of ball handling, decision-making and screen rolls. And, you know, he's fantastic. And so you know, we just have to continue to push him and, and help him understand what we want him to do. And how much of a difference are you seeing in his confidence? Well, he's a pretty quiet guy. You know, when he speaks, you know, he, he means what he says. Uh, but you can tell that he, you know, last year, I think he had to ask himself, you know, is this really, am I really capable of this? Do I belong here? He played that way. Uh, but I think this year he feels like he belongs on this team, uh, that he's important to who we are and what we're trying to do. And I think he carries that confidence with him. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of really good players. So, you know, like I just said, I don't think that as a coach you can get locked into saying that only these 10 guys are going to play. And I think that's great because there's a level of accountability within the locker room where guys know if I don't do my job, there's somebody right next to me that will do it. And we're, we're hopeful that on our team we can have some very similar situations. Yeah, I mean, that was a big focus of ours over the summer in free agency and even in the draft in terms of, you know, Chris Stapps being a really solid young man and Jan who um, seems old, you know, just because he stayed in school for, um, for four years. But, um, you know, our free agents for sure, Kyle, Robin, Brandon Flalo, you know, guys that um, have some experience in this league and, and understand who they are and what they bring to the table. Kyle's is kind of an old soul as well. Very strong voice and presence in the locker room. So you know, these are all guys we specifically wanted. I don't think anybody really fell in our lap other than just being surprised that Kevin Seraphim was still available. And we were happy to get him later in the season. Derek, full complement of players today. Everybody's healthy. Do you approach tonight differently that this is the final tune-up last chance to kind of see the guys on playing together and yeah, no, it makes my job a lot harder tonight to figure out who really 
is going to play and play, you know, meaningful minutes. But um, again, you know, everybody just has to be ready for their opportunity when they get it. Uh, we're going to try to stretch out some of our guys that are key guys in terms of their numbers of minutes so that they're ready to play hard next week. Um, but I think, you know, we're still going to try and find a way to get enough guys some minutes to get a feel for what we're, what we're doing. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, it, it'll be a little more difficult tonight to figure out who that should be. If you look at this lineup, I guess the whole team, for that matter, is a work in progress. And I don't think they've started yet together this year, right? I mean, Yeah, no, I think I think our first group here will have to establish an identity uh, in terms of staying the same way, you know, throughout the course of the season, um, you know, between some practices that were missed on and off due to injury and also a few games. They, these guys haven't had a lot of time on the field together as a group. So we'll find out tonight and, and uh, if it remains the same next week, we'll see how it's going. Um, ultimately, like I said, it's, it's what's best for the team. So if it needs to change, it will. Um, yeah, no, minutes-wise, I mean, there's not a set number, but most of our key guys or veteran guys have played, you know, anywhere between 18 and 22, 24 minutes. I'm um, going to try and get it above that tonight, assuming that guys are healthy and not in foul trouble. Uh, so maybe closer to 24 to 28 for most of those guys. Um, and then, you know, maybe some guys that have played a little bit more may play less. Um, in terms of, you know, finalizing the roster, uh, you know, over the weekend, uh, I'm sure management will call me into their office at some point and we'll have some conversations about how we want to kind of finalize our roster in terms of getting prepared for opening night. Uh, it won't be easy. It's not an easy time of year, I think, for any team and especially for young men that have worked hard for an opportunity to be on an NBA roster. But uh, comes with it and we'll go through the process. You talked about uh, how that playoff series against the Suns a while back. You guys got to know Robin a little bit. Now that he's here, is there anything different or anything you've learned more about him that you've seen at the Suns um, He's a nicer guy than I thought he was back then. He's pretty smart, um, very intelligent, articulate young man. Um, but definitely just as competitive and, um, you know, really wants to win. He wants to hold his teammates accountable. Um, so, you know, if anything, I've just learned that seeing that on a daily basis uh, is, is really good to have on, on our team. And so I'm hopeful that, um, you know, we can work with him to keep him healthy. And uh, I think he can really be an anchor for us on both ends of the floor. Yeah, no, I think I think um, you know Chris will have to learn how to be versatile, which is what he is, and um, you know there'll be nights where he's guarding bigger guys and more powerful guys, and understanding how to use his strengths to his advantage. And then there are nights where he's playing against guys that are more stretch players and kind of perimeter-oriented bigs, and he's athletic enough and long enough to do that as well. So if anything, he has more pressure to be able to do it all um, than maybe some of the, our other guys that are more traditional big guys.